Hello, everybody. Welcome to IntelliCast. It is Season 3, Episode 14. We're cranking out more than one episode a week. Um, right, two episodes. <laughs> Producer Brian is joining me today. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. We're Once again, we're all remote. I think this will be ongoing, but um, p- pretty seamless for the most part, I think. Um, this, yeah, I think so. This episode, as always, brought to you as from EMI Research Solutions. Um, my name is Brian Lamar. That's producer Brian. You can email us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1 on Twitter. You can leave us a voicemail or text, 513-401-5463. If you're listening right now, send us a text, 513-401-5463. Um, what do you want to talk about today, Brian? Oh, we got we got a few things to talk about. Uh, first, I want to ask you, how is your, um, I guess, staying at home? Are you getting a little stir crazy yet? Oh, yeah. I'm very stir crazy. Um, I'm not, I don't think I have the best setup. Like all these people on LinkedIn and even in our own office are sending all these awesome setups. My setup's not great, I think. And the biggest problem with my setup is my dog. And my dog is so excited to have me home. She just, it's a Bonnie the Bulldog. She's crazy. Um, maybe maybe we'll send out a picture of Bonnie the Bulldog. She stares at me and like she just grumbles constantly. So I'll let her outside and then she'll bark at a dog. So I got to let her inside. Then I'll let her out back and then she'll bark at a different dog. So I'll let her inside. And then she grumbles at me and then she wants on the couch and it's just constant. She's not, she's, she's the one that has to adjust to the change more so than me, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. She's probably wondering either, is he home forever or when is he leaving? Yeah. She's normally sleeping on the couch. She's been snoring a lot of my conference calls. People have called me out on it. Um, Other than that, I think, I'm getting into it. We, I don't know about other people, but all of a sudden we, within a week, I think we completely adopted Microsoft teams as an organization. Yeah, I would agree. Everyone's (laughs) using it now. I mean, we went from, okay, teams is something we use here and there to every phone call is a phone call through teams. We're chatting through teams. We're uploading files and sharing files. We just did that a couple of minutes ago. Um, All these different groups are emerging um it's amazing how fast we did i bet other companies have done the same thing we just immediately everybody is all in on teams i agree yeah and we've been all in on zoom we're adding a couple more zoom lines so that's helpful too we had a challenge yesterday of um overlapping zoom calls with multiple clients that was fun but i'm sure this is not the first case in the past couple of weeks of you know everybody's kind of experiencing challenges of this you know there's babies crying in the background there's dogs there's birds there's um overlapping phone calls it's we're still adjusting i bet the whole industry is kind of adjusting i think just everybody overall i've kind of noticed that it seems like people are much more pleasant and patient and not just not just on like conference calls but just in general like walking down the street people are waving yeah walking down the street it's like you're happy to see another human being that you've never seen before and you kind of maintain that distance, but say, Hey, how you doing? And like, I went out yesterday at four 30, I had six and a half straight hours of phone calls. I'm like at four 30, I'm going for a walk. And at four 30, it was like the 4th of July in my neighborhood. Everybody was out. There were people talking from across the street, um, walking around, walking their dogs, playing in the park. And it was like a gauntlet just to get around the block for a little 20 minute walk and yes, everybody was so nice and pleasant and 
Uh, maybe that's one of the things that kind of emerges out of this is that you appreciate maybe the finer things in life, right? Was just just socializing with people in your neighborhood and enjoying being outside and those types of things. I'm even talking like delivery drivers. I've had Amazon and FedEx guys. As you're just walking down the street, they're waving. We're waving back. Right. It's more of it's that we're all in it together type mentality, and I kind of like it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I have a, I have a secret. Okay. It's just us. It's just you and I, right? No one's listening. That's right. Um, I've been coming in the office sometimes. <laughs> well, just, you are social distancing by doing that. Yeah, I'm the only one here. And I don't think anybody that works here actually listens to the show. But And this year, we haven't been playing it over the loudspeakers. And obviously, we're not now. So there's no way coworkers are listening to this. Yeah, I'm in the office right now. It is amazing. Yeah, you you have mentioned this before. You get the TVs to yourself. You can play whatever music you want. You could you have free reign to all the snacks that are still in the cupboard. Oh yeah, I'm all over the snacks. I've got a whole kitchen. I'm 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 pretty I'm close to baking in the office. Um, my dog hasn't been here yet, but my dog might come. Um, I'm experimenting with all kinds of different musics. Um, walking around an empty parking lot to get you know a little bit of sun. But yeah, I'm, I'm not very often, just every other day or so. Yesterday was such a rough day with all those meetings and overlapping meetings. And um, another challenge that I've had, maybe you've had this too, is that yesterday I'm getting phone calls and texts, which is normal. I'm getting IMs on Skype for Business. Um, I'm getting emails per normal. I'm getting phone calls through Skype for Business, which I was unaware was even going to happen, but that happened. And then I'm getting IMs. And phone calls on Teams, and it was like just this overload of technology, how people could reach me. And it was just like a rough day. That, yesterday was my roughest day, I think, working remotely. And um, that's why I came in today to kind of get a little bit of normalcy. And by the way, I'm lucky that I can do that because I'm the only one here. Um, I'm cleaning up, you know, when I leave. Um, and a lot of people can't do that, but I'm fortunate that I can do that. Right. And you, do live you're much closer to the office than i that is not something i would be doing because that's 40 minutes each way for me to get down there yeah i'm 10 minutes away um so yeah it's just quite the adjustment and i think um i don't know at least another month i'm assuming yeah i would say so um i'm kind of adjusting to it this week seems to be going a lot better than last week yeah i don't know if it's that because last week i was working from home, but I was here by myself. My kids were still going to the sitters. My wife is considered essential. She works in mental health. So she was still having to go into her offices. But as of Monday, she is also work from home now. They've gone all to uh, providing services through either video conferencing or telephone. So she is now at home as well. So it's nice to have someone else here. It's nice to be here, just her and I with out the children. It's a little quiet. Yeah. But also um, the new challenge is having to share our office. So we are tag teaming in and out because we do have an office here with doors that close and she needs that when she's doing conference calls, just because of all the confidential information and things like that for HIPAA. Yep. So yesterday I was set up in our dining room, which is nice because it's in our sunroom. I open all the blinds. I can, I have almost a 360 view outside. Three of my walls are all windows. I look outside. It was great. But I was set up in there all day yesterday. Yeah. And my second screen was actually my personal laptop. I was just going from one to the other just because my wife was set up in our office. Yeah. Yep. It's 
It's quite the adjustment. That's awesome, by the way. There's the telehealth. Maybe that will that will just really emerge. I'm hoping is more mainstream. Are the, I mean, for mental health, that's great. I would assume, especially if you can FaceTime and things, you can kind of see people's environment that they live in, and you know, the doctor on demand for more general health concerns that you have. You don't have to go to your doctor's office. Maybe not go to, especially not go to the ER in times like this. And so maybe right. things like telehealth. And I saw there. You know, there's tele yoga and you know tele um, group therapy, um, rehab, and so I think those will emerge. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're going to see that become more common practice. It's going to give people options, and I think one thing that's going to come from this, I think you're going to see a lot more professions be allowed to work from home. Yeah, and more options. So a lot of times there was stuff where. You're saying, oh, you can't do this from home. Well, this is proven. You pretty much can do almost anything from home. Yep. This is the torture test for sure. You can do about anything from home. I'm hoping that maybe once we get through all this, we'll work from home one day a week or something like that because I think it'll be it'll be an adjustment when we all come back. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll have all new habits, right? I know. I'm, honestly, I'm kind of enjoying – I get to sleep in a little later. Yeah. My kids are enjoying it because, one, they get to sleep in a little later in the mornings because we're not having to get up earlier and get them ready and out the door. Um, I'm getting to drop them off and pick them up, which they enjoy because I don't normally get to do that. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's been a change here. But honestly, it's been pretty good. Awesome. Well, this, that wasn't even on our list of topics. <laughs> it was not. So it was just more of a catch up between you and I because this yeah. is actually the first time you and I have talked today. Yeah, which is, which is rare for us. Yeah. Nine, nine minutes on, on working from home. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you want to move into a little bit of what well, seems to be a set portion for at least the time being, the kind of the COVID-19 update stuff? Yeah, please. Let's do that. All right. Well, the biggest news is that the giant stimulus bill has passed in the Senate. I know it's up it's up in the House right now. Just a couple points that it passed is some direct payments to individuals. Uh, there are going to be small business loans available, as well as the increased dollar amount for unemployment insurance and loans for distressed companies. Yep. All those are fantastic. I'm hoping that um, that really helps out our industry and... Um, small business loans, I'm really hopeful that the smaller market research companies will emerge from this okay, especially I think qualitative is going to take a hit. Um, these are all great things, and so I'm hoping it passes. Of course, you know, last episode we talked about the Japan Olympics and we talked about some other stuff. As soon as we stop recording, um, it'll probably pass the house will be a bill of course that is what will happen but i know that's um, exactly what happened another interesting thing i saw a tweet earlier that and i don't want to get political but i just this is just our whole political system drives me crazy that in the stimulus bill there's 75 million for public television and radio which i'm not against the, that number for radio but it didn't seem like it needs to be in this bill 25 million for the kennedy center and just things like that i hate when politicians on both sides like the, for some reason, they just can't work together and focus on – even in this situation, they can't focus on the most important things. They're, somebody has to get their whatever, right? Yeah, a little bit in this. Yeah. So I yeah. mean the big thing for – the big thing for us, like we're in the Midwest and it's – at least around here, it's, it's a lot of manufacturing. So the loans for the manufacturers around here as well as those payments to the work to one restaurant workers the people who work on the manufacturing line things like that that's going to be helpful for them to get through this time 
as well as I, I did like it that it said like the gig workers, they get, they will be included now in unemployment. So all your Uber drivers, your that's huge. Yeah. That's huge for them. The 1099 workers where you have a lot of contractors. I just know from other people I've talked to who work with contractors, that's the first thing that they had to let go was, Hey, I gotta, I gotta cut my contractors. Yep. And it seems the rumor of this passing and it's getting close to passing has helped stabilize the stock market, which is good. Um, hopefully it stabilizes at least a little bit because it's, it's certainly going to go down as, you know, we haven't reached the peak of this problem yet, especially in like new New York and Chicago and new Orleans, which in LA, which are kind of the epicenter that's going to happen soon. Hopefully, hopefully we can stabilize the economy a little bit. Yeah. Um, if I was to ask you to name the top three states with the most infections, could you do that? New York obviously is number yep. one. Um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that California and Washington. Is Washington still in the top three? Do you know? No, neither of those two are in the top three. Yeah. Michigan Texas, is three. Illinois? Michigan. Oh, yeah. Michigan really took off. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling this back up here because I had it up here a second ago. But yeah, I was surprised Michigan was number three because I wanted to see where Ohio sat. And we are actually pretty, we're, like we're in the middle of the pack. Or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. I mean, we were one of the first states, I think, to really start the social distancing. Um, we were right there with New York and Washington and California, and um, Kentucky was right there with us, where we border with. And Kentucky and Ohio have really, I think, under-indexed on cases and hospitalizations and deaths. And so I think the measures are working. And, um, you know, we'll see the surge here soon and hopefully that we miss out on most of it and we can maintain um, our healthcare system during it because we acted so early. Right. Yeah. I mean, you and I, I'm sure you watch that two o'clock press conference. We've talked about this before. We, I, we both view that as must see TV every day. My wife now is in, she comes and joins me. She goes, is it two o'clock yet? She's setting alarms to make sure she's marking herself busy and we go and sit down and watch it for the whether it's 30 minutes, today was about 45. The last two I found seemed to be a bit, let's call it maybe not rosier, but less doom and gloom. Yeah. Yes. Because I love the chart today. They had an awesome chart today, which I, I enjoyed. And um, I love the press conference. And Mike DeWine is our governor here. And um, the joke is wine with De- with DeWine every day at two o'clock. And then I was telling my mom that, and she, their Kentucky governor is Andy Bashir. And I don't know if this is a trend across the country. I'd love to hear from listeners if this is, because they I don't, have, you haven't told me this yet, but did okay. they go with a beer with Bashir? Yes. It, and his, his press conference is every day at five. And so beer with Bashir at five and they love, oh my gosh, Andy Bashir is, everybody loves him in Kentucky. Um, even more so than we love Mike DeWine here in Ohio. So yeah, it's it's wine with DeWine and beer with Bashir. <laughs> and I bet other states are doing the same thing. What is it with Cuomo? I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what that one is. But his press conferences are kind of entertaining too. And I don't live in New York, but I do watch the snippets and those are pretty entertaining. Yeah, I love the New York. Cuomo is one of the earlier ones. I think his is, are usually like at 11 a.m. And that's one of the reasons I come into work is that you know I'll have news on in the background and it's just – you know, I could go from Cuomo to Trump to just all these press conferences, and it can get kind of depressing. So I can come in and kind of turn it off a little bit. Yeah. No, I the, I enjoy the daily press conferences. I, I'm 
the every day I get more impressed with Dr. Acton. Oh yeah. As well as honestly, the Lieutenant governor is growing on me. Yeah. He's, I'm, I'm surprised that he gets to speak as much as he does. I mean, they've got this routine down, right? That yeah. the governor speaks and then uh, the doctor, the, the head of our um, health services here in Ohio, who's amazing. Um, she could win any elected office in the state by far because she's incredible. And then for some reason, John Husted, the, the attorney, the, um, um, Lieutenant Governor. Governor, he gets to speak every day too, which I don't understand, but I don't know. Well, you know, whatever. I think he's r- running the point on all of the business stuff and the like, the un- the jobs and family services component yeah. of it. That's probably a good role for like how Trump is using Mike Pence a lot on this. And I mean, we I, th- I feel like we do underutilize some some people in high powered positions, and this is a probably that would be a great role for a lieutenant governor. Yeah. I mean, he's had, he's answered all the questions really well. They've talked about how just because of the influx of unemployment applications going in that some of the sites has gone down. So he's been leading that charge to make sure it's up and answering any questions that have come up. So, yeah. Well, cool. Um, that's probably enough on coronavirus for now, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Let's move on to some market research news. Okay, cool. Um, our first one up is that SMR has joined MR Web and its existing partnership with Wire to give insight professionals access to the world's largest specialist index of job opportunities. Yeah, this is this is interesting. Um, so Wire has really made some interesting partnerships. I love the SMR and MR Web partnership, and because you know this job board has been around for quite a while. Now is really a good time to kind of announce this, I think, because. You know, I think that we've probably have seen some people lose their jobs, and um, it's probably decent timing because others probably will as well. Um, obviously, SMR has such an awesome name, and if you've been in research for a long time, you've probably read a lot of the news on MR Web and Wire pushing this. It seems like just the perfect kind of alliance, and so I'm hoping that this really helps everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's exponentially growing the traffic to both of their sites as well, okay. too. So. Awesome. I I've seen the job board on the MR website, the MR web website yep. quite a bit, and you can see through all of that. But now, if you're getting it out to multiple places, that reach of where people are looking, what one where I, can I find candidates, and two yep. where people can go to look for them is great. Yeah, absolutely, especially because um, MR web is, is pretty global. SMR is obviously probably more outside the U.S. than the U.S. Although, although it has a presence here and wire is more headquartered in kind of North America, even though it has a more of a global presence, all of these things kind of lend each other to help each other out. So that's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. Um, our next bit of news is that the insights association has sent a letter to Congress and the white house, uh, calling for help calling for their help to help the research sector as the coronavirus has had, quote, a catastrophic impact. Yeah, that's, um, man, we're so lucky to have Melanie Courtright and Howard Feinberg and the Insights Association. And so um, Howard Feinberg is somebody that most people probably aren't aware of in the Insights Association. I recently became aware of him as I reached out to him to understand um, more about CCPA and GDPR. He's he's the VP of Advocacy for Insights Association. He puts out a lot of content. Um, and so if you are a member, I would highly recommend looking at all the blogs that he writes. I mean, he just really helps kind of manage the the advocacy world of our of our um, industry. 
Um, and so him and Melanie, obviously the new CEO, um, awesome letter. And um, I'll try to summarize it here, but basically it's um, ha- having the federal government support in-person insights businesses in the same manner as hospitality and leisure industry, which I think is fantastic. Um, looking for some sort of relief from repayment of loans, especially small businesses, which I'm hoping that would be part of the um, stimulus package we just talked about. Um, considering continuing support for small businesses in, in our industry after the crisis, because it's not going to be all rosy when we all get back to work, right? And then um, some other things such as modernizing the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which um, there's always been some challenges with that. But um, Melanie Courtright, I mean, she's been on the job here for less than three months, and she has um, immediately been thrown into this big challenge. And But I don't think we could have had a better person in place to, to help us out here. And so I think advocating with Congress is just the best things that could be, that they can be doing right now. So, but yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I am going to tell you a little story here for, around okay. this. So, yeah. um, you and I both get the Insights Association message board emails every morning, yep. and I was digging into that actually probably two days ago, and someone had posted asking, "Hey, who does the advocacy? Who will?" Who's going to advocate for the market research industry or who's going to try to approach to try to get funds to help with the impact of coronavirus? Because this person had said, hey, we're a a small qualitative shop and we've had to shut down and we're not sure if we're going to be able to open back up. And Melanie replied to that within like an hour saying, hey, it's our job. It's this. And literally the next day, this letter went out. Yeah, that's cool, right? Yeah, I think she's been on top of it and has been very quick to respond. Yep, I, I mean, we've talked about Melanie so much this year, and deservedly so. Um, she, at the beginning of the year, pretty much went to any in-person event that she could get to just to listen to people and listen to people's concerns and to hear what the topics people wanted to talk about. And now she's thrown into this. Um, she's been in research for a long time, and even more than that, she's just super smart, and she gets it. And, I, you know, there's some numbers in here I didn't even know, like – in the letter, it talks about $35 billion industry. I've never heard it quantified like that. So that was pretty interesting. But um, that's awesome that she's, I mean, the platform is called Engage and she's engaged on the platform. And again, I just would love to, I want to reiterate, if you have a question about anything in marketing research, go on that platform and ask a question and people are more than willing to help out. I'm on there almost every day and um, I try to participate as much as I can. Yeah. Um, one other thing I think we should plug is those weekly town halls she started up two weeks ago once the, all of this started. Um, yep. That, Along with those daily press conferences with Governor DeWine here in Ohio, those have kind of been must-see participate, must-see webinars or must-attend webinars, I guess, Yeah, that, that Absolutely. And we talked about this before, but yeah, there are Fridays at one and she'll have guests on like last week was the CEO of Burke and Ann Beal from Beal Research. I think it's Diane Soret is the name of the CEO from Burke and herself. And they just kind of talked about the impact of their business. And then they had some attorneys on it to kind of talk about some legal implications, which, you know, wasn't my cup of tea. But I can imagine if you're a small business owner, you're a CEO, you're a president of a company, the legal impact of this in all kinds of different areas um, is super important. And so, I mean, this week, I would recommend, again, signing up. I bet this will be ongoing for a while. I'm not sure who the guests are this week, but I will absolutely be on there, and it's fantastic. I've seen it's Tyler McMullen from oh. a local place here in Cincinnati. Work division, yeah. Yeah, he's on. I'm not sure who else is on with him, though. Okay, well, 
good to have continue with the Cincinnati trend of Diane Surratt of Burke and followed by Tyler McMullen of Market Vision. So yeah, maybe we're I, leading the way here. I, I I will say they've had some great guests on there. Yeah, absolutely. So again, sign up for it. I don't think you have to be. Do you have to be a member to that? I'm not sure. I'm not, I think you do. Okay. Well, you should become a member if you aren't already. So. Exactly. So you want to have some fun? Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned this at the begin, just before we started, is that you have gotten into a new Netflix show that everyone seems to be talking about. Yes. Tiger King. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Tiger King is the perfect show for what we're experiencing right now because it's escape TV. Um, you for, will forget about coronavirus and all the challenges in society right now. I highly recommend Tiger King if you like kind of documentaries at all. And it is just the perfect little um, – it's seven episodes. It's – the characters of this are almost unbelievable. You don't even think they're real. The main character is this guy named Joe Exotic, and he basically is a zookeeper who's obsessed with tigers. And um, he's just super eccentric, and he has – I think at one point he had like 250 tigers, which by the way, I did not know there are more tigers in captivity in the United States than there are in the rest of the world, like free. I think there's five to 10,000 tigers in America that are held in captivity as like pets. And the rest of the world has less than that, which is crazy. Um, that is a crazy number. But most of the episode is um, a, all those, there's these rivalries among all these zookeepers. And Joe Exotic is the main kind of storyline with uh, somebody else. Joe Exotic lives in Oklahoma. And there's another one named Carol who lives in Florida. And they just have this crazy rivalry going on and via social media. And then there's another guy in South Carolina. He gets on board. And there's a huge twist. And um, there's so much tigers in it. So I would highly recommend watching it. It's a, it's a, it's you know close to probably six hours in total. But I mean, these days we all have a little bit extra time on our hands. So I would hope everybody goes out and watches it. Yeah, this might be something my wife and I try to watch a little bit of this weekend. Um, I have I've heard some of it. I've heard one that uh, somehow you can get a tiger for two thousand dollars. That's less than for some purebred dogs. Yeah, there's um, so you can own a tiger as a pet legally, which is crazy to me that you can own a tiger. I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, and I don't think you can legally sell them, but in the black market, it's pretty big. That the what he does is he breeds them and then sells the little tiger cubs, which are about the cutest things in the world. But I don't agree with it because it's just mistreatment of animals. I'm not a big fan of like all these tigers and zoos. This is really a, a cool story. But yeah, he had, he had monkeys and chimpanzees and all kinds of other exotic animals, not just tigers. There's lions, there's um, ligers. And um, I think there was an elephant and it's just kind of crazy that this exists in America. Yeah, that it, that is crazy. Um, does without spoiling it, does it end like the documentary grizzly man? Um. Well, nobody dies, but there are some – I would – well, you know, there are a couple deaths. But <laughs> for the main characters, it's not – I wouldn't say it's tragic. It's everybody – nobody's there is um, a good person. That's what I've learned. There's no characters you kind of root for. They're all just different shades of, like, evil. Um, but at the end of it, is, it is kind of sad because, um, you know, one of the major characters ends up in prison, so – Okay, so he, he doesn't get eaten by his own tigers. Okay, no. that's all I need to know. There are a couple scenes that I thought he was because he's, they just roam around in tiger cages, which is crazy to me. And they play with them like they're little puppies. 
Yeah. I'm glad you got my Grizzly Man reference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched that. Yeah. So did I. And that ended depressingly. Yes. Yep. So All I right. can watch it. Cool. Um, something else I want to talk about is since we are st- still under kind of self-quarantine, stay at home, um, board games. I know we have been playing them here at my house quite a bit more. Um, since, did you ever get your puzzles, by the way? Oh my gosh, I got my puzzle, like, um, it wasn't in two days, but it was three days. So Amazon did an amazing job. It was I ordered it right as they stopped shipping, like, the non-essential items. So I got lucky. I ordered it on, a, I think, a Tuesday. I got it on a Friday. Awesome. Um, I wanted to see, kind of, what are your top three board games? Um, first of all, top three is a weird number. Um, but all right. I, I you want to go top four, top five, what? Uh, I've only got three. Um Obviously, the number one board game of all time, and this is indisputable, is Monopoly, and um, it's the best game of all time, even though nobody knows how how long it takes to end. My number two is Trivial Pursuit, and uh, we've been playing Trivial Pursuit. We ordered this board game about six weeks ago, I guess, and we've been playing it about one one night a week, and um, our son, Johnny, he just turned 18, and he is really good at Trivial Pursuit, which makes me kind of more competitive because he's at the point where I need to be a little careful and take it seriously or he's going to beat us. Um, even though like a lot of the questions obviously are dated, but yeah. triple pursuit is my number two and um, Stratego is my number three. And I haven't played that since I was a kid, but I really miss it. If I had a fourth, it would have been risk. Oh, see risk is on mine. I, okay. I like risk. Yeah. What are your uh, risk? Um, I'm not going to say monopoly cause that is a given that's number one. Um, one you may not know about is Mystery Mansion. Mm-mm. Have you ever heard of this one? No. Is it like Clue? Kinda. So it's kind of like Clue. Um, similar concept where you're not necessarily trying to find who murdered the person. The person's already dead. What you're in is you've been invited to find the million dollars he's left in his mansion. And you're going through the house and... There's probably at least a hundred little pieces in it that every time you walk into a room there, you get to see the furniture. It's got a little electronic like organizer and you have to put in, there's tiny little numbers on the furniture you have to put in. And as you're examining these for clues, it tells you, you essentially tried to find a person and an item and you need both of those things to find the piece of furniture the million dollars is hiding in. Okay. So somewhat similar to clue. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had this growing up. I got surprised when I turned on Christmas about 10 years ago because this game you can't find anymore. It's not like something you can go to Walmart and go get. Is this um, the Canadian version of Clue? No, no. Um, my mom actually tracked one version down and gave it to me as my as a Christmas present about 10 years ago. So we have it here. Um, it's not, my kids aren't quite old enough yet. Cause I feel like my son might eat some of the pieces, right. but my wife and I will play. And this is something when my sister and I were growing up, we would play at least once a week. Okay, cool. And my lap and my last one, this is more of an adult one cards against humanity. Okay. Yeah. That's always good. That That's a fun one to play. There's not enough people in my house right now to play it. You can't really play with two people. So, right. Well, so yeah. Well, anything else you'd like to talk about? We should probably check the breaking news to see if we missed anything, but um, we probably didn't. Who knows? 
Let's pull it up right now. And in the meantime, if you have a board game suggestion or a Netflix suggestion, or even if you have a comment about Tiger King, let us know. Yeah, I want to I have a Tiger King discussion with somebody. So please, somebody that's watched it, um, let's have a conversation. I will say that is the one thing I'm missing not being in the office is the daily random conversations we have, whether it's talking about the latest trending TV show, movie, anything like that. I miss those conversations. I know that's that is like all the side conversations because we can figure out work. It's hard to figure out like spontaneous discussions that are like bachelor, right? Probably most offices were talking about bachelor every once in a while. That's hard to, there's a lot, not a lot of rationale for doing that. Um, or tiger King, right? I'm not going to call some, a coworker up right now and talk about tiger King, but it's important for like sanity. It's important for culture. It's, it's important for bonding with people. Um, that'll be one of the things that's definitely lost. Right. Yeah. I, well, I think that wraps us up for today. Okay. A, a quick 30, short 30 minute episode today. Yeah. I think, I think we did pretty good. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you have any questions, reach out to us in telecast at emi-rs.com um, and telecast1 on Twitter, emi underscore research on Twitter. We love a voicemail or, te- or text, 513-401-5463. You can reach Brian and I on LinkedIn or email, and we would welcome any um, topics. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.